Breaking news on the Just Baseball show. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd. Billy Hamilton, minor league deal with the Seattle Mariners. We're going to spend the next hour and a half talking about what that means for Seattle and what that means for the resurgence of Billy Hamilton's career. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, uh, first thoughts on that? Why? They have so many outfielders. Uh, They just got rid of Jake Fraley, the ultimate home run robber, so maybe they're trying to replicate that success with Billy Hamilton. And I got to say... Betting on baseball all year round. Fraley's my guy. Maybe Billy Hamilton's the next guy for the Mariners. He's going to be a great Tacoma Rainier. Triple-A legend, Billy (laughs) Hamilton. I know. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. We're going to do top 10 catchers today. We are starting our positional rankings. Just baseball's positional rankings for 2022. We're starting with catchers. We got first baseman coming out on Thursday Uh, We're knocking the thinnest position in baseball out right away, which is super exciting for me because, like, I don't know, catcher is probably the least sexy position. But you know what? It's a top 10. It's going to get people saying F you guys, and I'm here for that. That's what we love. I want people saying F you in the comments. I want people telling us where they agree, where they don't agree. We will obviously be putting these out, clipping them, putting them on TikTok, at Just Baseball Fans, on our Instagram, at Just Baseball Fans. And, of course, you can find the full write-ups as well on justbaseball.com. I think the interesting part about the catching position is that it sucks. Yeah. Is that it's just not that good. I mean, we were arguing whether a rookie who hasn't played a singular game yet should be in our top 10 because we are projecting for 2022. We use 2019 to 2021 as a baseline, obviously putting more more weight on 2021 through a variety of different stats. And of course, the eye test because the eye test still matters. But we nerd out a little bit on the Excel spreadsheet because it goes hand in hand. Numbers, eyes, Jack and Peter, just baseball. And and the most simple way to detail how we came to our decisions was who do you want in 2022, right? One through 10 honorable mentions. We've got some notable omissions too. So the honorable mentions to the honorable mentions, Uh, you know, we really just want to look at this moving forward. We're not retroactively ranking the top 10 catchers of 2021 because we don't necessarily think that the production of 2021 is an entire translation to 2022. It's not cut and dry like that. Adley Rutschman was an honorable mention for a moment. We decided to move him to notable omissions because when he debuts, there's a chance he automatically becomes a top 10 catcher in baseball because you see best catcher in baseball type tools immediately And there are not very many great catchers in Major League Baseball right now. But we are looking at 2022. You need a little bit of track record. Overall, it's just a confidence meter. Who do you want as your catcher for your favorite team in 2022? Rank them 10 to 1. And the catching position as currently constructed, like we said, sucks. But... There are a lot of really exciting catching prospects coming up the pipe. You talked about Adley Rutschman. How about Francisco Alvarez with the New York Mets or Gabriel Moreno with the Toronto Blue Jays? And we can keep naming them for days because there are so many good ones coming up. But you can find those on our top 10 prospects, top 100 prospects on JustBaseball.com. This list is the best right now and unfortunately Adley doesn't make it because he hasn't played a game yet and he has a tricep strain so he won't even start opening day on time if he started opening day on time I feel like we might have put him still in honorable mentions but he's not even going to start on time we can't we just can't I'm sorry we, we can't so he's our first notable omission mention top end talent as soon as he comes and we'll just see where the production lies other notable omissions Kiebert Ruiz, we just haven't seen enough from him. There's a chance he's an honorable mention a month into the year, but I'm a little bit lower on Kiebert Ruiz. I know you're a little bit lower on Kiebert Ruiz. We'll see what happens in Washington. Other notable omissions, Christian Vasquez is not a top 15 catcher in baseball anymore. He had a really good 2019, had a really good 2020, was a top 10 catcher going into last year, 
and then he got back to being beautifully average in 2021. And you could even say below average. Like, he was a below average bat. I, he was a fine defensive catcher. He's still one of the better ones, but not in the top 10 and not enough to put him on our top 15. He is simply slightly below average. That's yes. That's all I got to say. Uh, Guy that is really good defensively but can't hit for shit. Tucker Barnhart. Two gold gloves, but a lifetime OPS below 700 and no more than 51 RBIs in a single season. That lack of offensive production is not honorable mention. Agreed. Not honorable mention. Tucker Barnhart, great addition now by the Detroit Tigers. He's definitely going to be in their starting rotation or backing up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking. I, Tucker yeah, Barnhart he's is, a great yeah. get to the Detroit Tigers. I hate when you say Detroit. It's Detroit. It's a soft D-E. The Detroit, Detroit. Tigers. No. Detroit. No. Moving Detroit. on. San, <laughs> San Diego. Austin Nola is a notable omission. He's 32 years old. And he's never played more than 80 games in a major league season. He's a guy who I always think is talented and I always want to put him on some of these lists. But there are some guys who have not played a ton of games, but just had better offensive production, better defensive production than Austin Nola. And that's the reality. He doesn't make our top 15. Notable omission. We got absolutely shit on for having this guy as a notable omission. To the point where like, we were bullied to putting him in the honorable mentions. Our first honorable mention is Jacob Stallings. Khan, he's 32 years old, and he just played his first full season of big league ball, and he hit 246 with a 704 OPS. Pro, he won the gold glove. Yes, I would say Jacob Stallings is one of the best defensive catchers, and that's the only reason he makes this list. He does not really hit. That's not a joke. Since 2018, even, you go all the way back to 2018, he has an 88 WRC plus since then. And a 92-ish WRC plus is around average for catchers, so he's a below average hitter. It's just a fact. And he doesn't slug at all. He has, for no power, he slugs about 370 every single year. He's a great defensive catcher. He'll be great for the Marlins going from Jorge Alfaro, who might be the worst, to Jacob Stallings. It's going to be, it's going to move bounds for your pitching staff, but... I personally, he did not make my honorable mentions. We got bullied into it, but it's okay because it does speak to how phenomenal he is as a defender. Is he the best in baseball? That's what we were arguing about. No, I don't think he's the best in baseball, but he's one of the best. Noted Marlins fan Arm Layton told me that we were idiots for not having him as an honorable mention. So I text you this morning, just talked through it. Stassi omission, Stallings honorable mention, gold glove winner. You replied, so Arum called you, huh? Tell him Stallings has to slug 375 for consideration. I'm telling you, like what? He's not slugging 370. There are barely hitters in lineup slugging 370. Like David Fletcher's slugging 370. What is that? Another guy on the edge is who I just mentioned, Max Stassi. He was a wash in Houston that was revitalized in Anaheim. OPS up about 80 points from Houston to Anaheim. Has been above average in the OPS plus department, and he plays really good defense. The problem is, he doesn't play that often. He doesn't play that often. He played 87 games last year. But objectively, you look at the numbers, and we're going to talk about a lot of numbers within this podcast, especially FRAA, CDA, defensive run saved, war. We're going to throw a lot at you. FRAA is a little bit of a different one, and so is CDA. They're advanced defensive metrics. I could go through the whole thing, but here is the definition for FRAA. It focuses on play-by-play data, taking a step back on the number of plays made compared to the average number of plays made by a player at said position, and then CDA measures how much the catcher's glove is worth. These are both on Baseball Prospectus. You can also find out more about these stats on JustBaseball.com. But, Jack, objectively, like Max Stassi has better defensive metrics than Jacob Stallings does last year. That's just a fact. So I'm going to try and translate those into into common English. Cool? Cool. FRAA, are you a good catcher or not? CDA, mm-hmm. do you catch good or not? I think that's solid. It's just, and it also compares to other catchers around the league. You stack cast data, 
lot of advanced jargon that we're not going to go through the entire thing, but it's called FRAA and CDA, and they're great stats to use if you're evaluating a defensive catcher. Yeah, but Peter, does he catch good? <laughs> he catches good. <laughs> um, yeah, so Stassi catches good. Uh, next honorable mention, a little bit more uh, solidified in the honorable mentions, is Travis Darno. 2020 Silver Slugger. He followed it up, as you hear the sirens now. I'm a city boy. Here we go. I feel like I'm in Manhattan. I'm not. I'm just in downtown Indy. 2020 Silver Slugger. He followed it up by his batting average dropping from 321 to 220. And the OPS mm-hmm. dipping from 919 to 671. Granted, 919 OPS came in a 60-game season. 671 came in 162. But Travis Darno. He's pretty solid, and you know what? He's a postseason performer, and that makes him an honorable mention. Darno is probably the best overall bat out of these honorable mentions, but might be the worst overall defender out of all the honorable mentions as well. He's a solid bat. I don't think that the 220 he put up last year is the 220 that we're going to get in 2022. He's a better hitter than that. I think he'll perform as a better hitter than that. You haven't mentioned one of our honorable mentions yet. This guy might be the better hitter, but Darno still's got a big old bat, and he's a he's a fine defender. He's not great, but he's not bad either. And Darno has more of a track record than our next honorable mention, Tyler Stevenson. A great rookie season that saw him finish sixth in NL Rookie of the Year voting. He played in 132 games. He hit 10 homers. He had an OPS just below 800, but he kept the K rate under 20%, and the walk rate was over 10%. And overall, an average defensive catcher with some room to grow. So we ranked Tyler Stevenson, I think, eighth out of fantasy catchers. And the reason why Colby and I did that on not gambling advice was we really believe in the bat. And some of the advanced metrics may not even point to that. You know, the hard hit rate, I mean, he still hits the ball plenty hard. If he could just keep the ball in the air a little bit more. He's one of my favorite bats overall at the position, and he's still young. I think he's going to be even better next year. I really like Tyler Stevenson. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, and then I mean, one of the goats at the position is our last honorable mention. Yadier Molina is still Yadi Molina. He was a 2021 All-Star. He's a nine-time Gold Glover, a four-time Platinum Glover. And you know what? From Yadi, with the leadership and still very strong defense, I'll take 252 with 11 homers from a 39-year-old. By the numbers, Yadier Molina is currently not a top 15 catcher. He just isn't. He's not slugging. I was making fun of Jacob Stallings. Same thing there. He's not the same hitter he once was. He's still a great defender, but he's not the elite, elite defender. But ask yourself, do you want 15 other catchers behind home plate over Yadier Molina? It's hard to say that you do. He's a guy that sometimes you bypass the numbers and say, you know what, Yadier Molina has to be a top 15 catcher. And you could make the argument that you would put him in the top 10 still. Like he is still the leader of all leaders in the clubhouse. He's the guy that, you know, if you have one game, game seven, you still might be choosing Yadier Molina. Like at 39, 40 years old, he's still Yadier Molina, the future Hall of Famer. The way that dude commands pitching staffs and the way that dude commands base runners is next level and it's Hall of Fame caliber. Is the bat Hall of Fame caliber is the big question. Is Yadier Molina a Hall of Fame baseball player? We don't have to make that decision. The writers who make wrong decisions all the time (laughs) have to make that decision. So we'll see. And before we get into our top 10, it's important to note as well, Joe Puznanski, a guy who we interviewed, of course, on the Just Baseball Show. I call him a guy, but he's, I don't know why I call him a guy. That's honestly disrespectful because he's a legend. And he wrote the top 100, which you can find. Um, we got to find the actual link. We'll, we'll include the link um, to The Baseball Joe 100 is the book. The, the Baseball 100 is the book. And he said it perfectly. There is no perfect list. So that's all I got to say. Including the Hall of Fame. Uh, 10th best catcher in baseball is Carson Kelly of the Arizona Diamondbacks. There's some excitement here with Carson Kelly. He was the strongest piece of the return in the Paul Goldschmidt deal in 2019, and he has been decently solid since. Across 250 games with the Diamondbacks over three years, Kelly's hitting 240 with a 770 OPS. That's fine, but while the counting numbers may not be there yet, he's got a really solid bat-to-ball repertoire, and he has superb zone discipline. He's got a sub-20% strikeout rate, 
and a walk rate over 12% coming off of a 2021 season. He's an average defender, a slightly above average hitter, with the excitement being on his side at 27 years old, he sneaks into a really thin top 10. He does. He sneaks into a really thin top 10. You can make the argument that he could be a notable omission or even, you know, one of our honorable mentions. But I just, like I said, kind of with Tyler Stevenson, I believe in the bat a little bit more than um, some of the other players on this list. He has a solid hard hit rate. He, he keeps the ball in the air. Um, like you said, he's an above-average defender. I'd say you know he rates around average in framing, around above-average in his pop time. Just has a solid bag of talent, and you know it's a six-foot-two, two hundred twelve-pound, twenty-seven-year-old. He was a second-round pick by the Cardinals. He's got some pedigree there. You're right. He doesn't really chase. He takes his walks. His spray chart is even nice. He's spraying the ball over the ballpark. You know, he's a 240 hitter, but his expecting average again is 251. It's just everything about Carson Kelly I expect to be better. The expected stats point to that. He's 27, only going to get better. For 2022, I think he will end up being a top 10 catcher. And I remember we ranked him pretty highly at the beginning of last season because we saw the potential and he got off to such a hot start. I think he can replicate that performance and it's just all about him staying healthy. And if he does stay healthy... We're looking at a definitive top 10 catcher in my mind. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, Carson Kelly, he is exciting. And what I love is the zone discipline. I mean, he does not chase bad pitches. If you have a catcher that is not a liability, chances are they're an above-average catcher. Liability offensively. And you know what? Like, the defense will get better. I, I think it defense as a catcher tends to just get better when you enter your prime. And he's 27 years old. You could argue that 28, 29 is the prime start. And for Carson Kelly, I think he's getting smarter each game he gets behind the plate. And if the bat is disciplined and the bat is good enough, he's going to stay a top 10 catcher. One of the highest walk rates and only struck out 20% of the time, which is actually down from 2019 and 2020. He's just getting yeah. better by better every year, and I'm excited to see what's in store for Kelly on the Diamondbacks in 2022. So that yes, brings sir. us next up. Number nine catcher in baseball is Omar Nervaez of the Milwaukee Brewers. Arguably the most important facet of a catcher is their ability to steal strikes for their pitching staff, a.k.a. framing. Nervaez has ranked as the number one pitch framer in 2020 and 2021 and ranks in the top five in both FRA and CDA. If not JT Realmuto, Omar Narvaez is the best defender at the position. But what drops Narvaez to nine, though, I know defense is very important, obviously as a catcher, but what drops him to nine is the bat. He makes a lot of soft contact, ranking third, third percentile in hard hit rate. And that's one of the last of all hitters that qualified. He's a disciplined hitter with almost no pop, but he doesn't really chase and he doesn't really strike out and he takes his walk. Like you said, with Carson Kelly, he controls the strike zone very well and even hit 266 last year. But then again, his expected batting average was 235. The 30-year-old is super valuable behind the plate, but the bat is what is keeping him out of my top five. You look at average exit velo among catchers with 200 plate appearances or more, Omar Narvaez ranks dead last in average exit velocity among catchers with 200 plate appearances or more. That is behind Austin Hedges, that's behind Elias Diaz, that's behind Jonah Heim, that's behind James McCann, that's behind Martin Maldonado. Like, the bat is just not good enough. Now, he did accumulate some hits. He was one of, I want to say, eight or nine catchers with 100-plus hits. But that's because the glove kept him in the lineup all the time. And if you play, you know, 120-plus games, you're going to collect 100 hits if you're not a liability offensively. And Narvaez is an 8-hitter. He's a 9-hitter with a DH. He's a fine 9-hitter, but he's a 9-hitter. And that's not a top 8 catcher in baseball. Defensively, he's absolutely top 3. Exactly. I, I think... His defensive pedigree is what puts him on this list, and we are evaluating the catching position, putting a slightly more importance on defense because of how, of what the position holds. That catcher as a position is just more impactful if you are a better defender. It's the most important defensive position on the field. So that's why Omar Narvaez ranks our top 10, but he's not a top 10 hitter at the position. Probably you could make the argument he's not even a top 1520 hitter at the position so I think nine is a good spot for him but this this ranking might have 
you know, people's people in a twist a little bit because I think they think Omar Nervais is a little bit higher. We're a little bit lower. We don't see the bat progressing. And although he had a good 2021, I don't see the bat progressing into 2022 as much. Yeah, this is tough. Eight and nine is tough because I'd so much rather have Omar Narvaez for my heart rate. But wow, this guy, he jumps the heart rate in the good ways and the bad ways. Mike Zanino is our eighth best catcher in the game. This dude was the butt of jokes before 2021. Now he's a top 10 catcher in baseball. 2021 Zanino was an absolute beast. Not only did he belt a career-high 33 homers and blow out his previous best with a 559 slugging percentage, but he got the OBP north of 300 for the first time since 2017. This guy was a sub-300 OBP guy for the last three years, and then all of a sudden he busts out an astronomically high 301 for him. Defense has never been the problem, but it's not necessarily Sterling. He's one of the best pitch framers in baseball. He puts up sub-two pop times, but he only threw opponents out at a 22% clip last year, and his 10 passed balls were the most in the American League in 2021. Regardless, he got his first All-Star nod last year, and his 36% K rate <laughs> didn't entirely kill him. Mike Zanino... You're the, ace be- you're the eighth best catcher in baseball, man. Mike Zunino has some polarizing stats. 33 bombs, but a 36% strikeout rate. You know, he crushed fastballs last year, but he didn't hit breaking balls at all. And that's why Mike Zunino, we think, is number eight. And I don't think either of us would be shocked if he fell out of the top 10 last year. This is a guy who goes from, has a great season, then a really bad season, then a great season, then a bad season. And he's been very inconsistent. And when I look at how he's performed against specific pitches, in my mind, if I'm facing Mike Zunino and I'm the pitcher on the mound, I am spinning him to death. I am not giving him a fastball. The guy who hit 170 off breaking balls and had a whiff rate of 48 to 49 percent on those types of pitches why would you give him a fastball last year which he saw 60 percent of the time I am not giving Mike Zunino a fastball and I'm daring him to hit his off speed hit my off speed but the thing is with Mike Zunino when he makes contact it's loud he makes strong contact he makes quality contact he's in the 98th percentile max exit velocity he's one of the tops in hard hit rate He's a great framer, like you said, but there are just areas where I'm nervous about Mike Zunino going into next year. Agreed. I, I would rate him as a above-average catcher defensively. I wouldn't put him in the elite category, but I also wouldn't put him in the average category. Um, Mike Zunino, to me, is the pickup basketball hot-hand three-point shooter. Um, like he's the one that you lag off of when you're playing five on five pickup. It's like, oh, this kid. Yeah. I mean, he, he sucks. Like he can't hit it. He's got a pro cast jumper. And then he hits like three threes in a row because you're lagging off of him and you want to bait him into taking a fourth because you know, he's going to hit the side of the backboard and then he hits it again. Like that's what Mike Zanino's 2021 was. It's like, oh, you can't hit shit. You had a 44% strikeout rate in 2020. And then all of a sudden he hits 33 homers. Like what the what the fuck? Why did they throw him so many fastballs? Throw this guy six because they probably dared him get hit. Yeah, they're (laughs) lagging off the shooter. They are they are lagging off the shooter. They're like, you know what? You're not gonna hit this. You got a broke ass jumper, and then he hits three in a row. That's what we're dealing with, Mike. It's hard to rank this guy because he did finish third in WAR. Like he was a prolific player um, last year, and so you're gonna look at the numbers and be like, how is he? eight look at where he was in framing look at the war look at the home runs look at the slugging look at the ops but then but there are obvious holes in this guy's game and he's such so polarizing that he just goes back and forth back and forth back and forth if you're saying that to us look at 2018 2019 and 2020 and then you're asking how is this guy like even an honorable mention he's not top 15 it's so hard in 2020, it was it was super limited sample size, but it was one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen in a set amount of games. It was struck out every single time. <laughs> I'm telling you, like when Mike Zanino got brought up in conversation, you would laugh before 2021. Laugh. And now, but you know, he was kind of great Sick. last year. He was striking awesome. out so much. Striking yeah, but he hit bombs. So hit absolute tanks. Number seven is Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's. Let's start with the facts when it comes to Sean Murphy. 
He's a top five defender at the position. No debate. He ranks in the top five of basically every single defensive metric, and he's got an above average arm and only allowed one singular pass ball in all of 2021. Now that we understand he's a top five defender, let's look at the bat. In his first full season, it wasn't really what we hoped, right? He hit 216 with a 306 on base and a 96, 99 WRC+. He didn't really take his normal amount of walks, so what do we expect from 2022 Sean Murphy? Jack, I swear it'll be better. His expected stats point towards some bad luck, and he's, but he's still hitting the ball harder than most catchers. He makes a lot of quality contact, but his counting numbers might not jump off the page because of the enormous ballpark he plays in in Oakland. But getting out of Oakland is certainly going to help those counting numbers. But even if he stays in Oakland, the bat should definitely improve as he enters his age 27 season. Sean Murphy is one of my favorite catchers on this list. Quick thought on that, and then I want to explain why I'm hopping right into the next guy. Quick thought on that is now you have nobody to work around before you get to Sean Murphy. Olsen's gone. Chapman's gone. They are depleting their offense, and now Sean Murphy is the focal point of the Oakland A's. If he stays, the best thing to happen to him is if he is traded and he can hide again, because then he breaks out. Here's why I'm going to jump into number six right now. We spent a really long time on the phone trying to decipher the difference between six and seven. You think Murphy is better than six. I think six is better than Murphy. So I'm going to jump into Wilson Contreras right now, and we can debate here. Wilson Contreras is the sixth best catcher in baseball, and I put my foot down on this one. Wilson hammers baseballs. He has upped his average exit velocity every season since 2017. It was methodical. 88.1 88.1 in 2017, 88.3 in 2018, 88.5 in 2019. But then you saw a 1.4 mile per hour jump in 2020, and then 91.8 in 2021. By far, by nearly two miles an hour, the hardest of his career. He consistently peppers balls north of 110 miles an hour. This past year, he had the highest hard hit rate of his career and the highest launch angle of his career. That didn't necessarily translate into power like you would hope, though, but he did log his third 20 homer season while getting on base at a 340 clip. Defensively, he's not the receiver that Sean Murphy is, but he's got a hose. You know that. In 2019, he logged the third best average pop time in Major League Baseball. He was three hundredths off of JT Realmuto for the top spot. He plays with runners. Yadi Molina perfected the back pick at first base. Wilson Contreras is the best copycat of that move in baseball. And here's where we get into Wilson versus Murphy. If the question is Contreras versus Sean Murphy, Wilson is 29. Murphy is 27, I do believe. Wilson Contreras has a career 114 WRC plus and a 109 WRC plus in 2021. 114, 109. Murphy is a career 109 WRC plus guy and a 99 WRC plus last year. So you're comparing 114 to 109 for their career and 109 to 99 in 2021. So in 2022, with track record and recent offensive success playing in, I'd rather have Wilson, even though it's a very hard debate. It is a very hard debate because... I don't think we can debate that Wilson has been the better offensive player since 2019. He's been in the in the league longer. It has more success. He's even won a World World Series ring. Wilson Contreras is a definitive top 10 catcher. While I think Sean Murphy is a little bit better is because in every defensive metric, he ranks higher than Wilson Contreras. Comes to framing. All around, the only thing that Wilson has over him is the pop time. Wilson has one of the best arms in the sport. But Sean Murphy is an elite defender. While Wilson Gutierrez, I would I would say, rates as average to above average. Now, you said it yourself, the WRC plus totals. Sean Murphy had a 99 in 2021 in his real first full season. But every single one of Sean Murphy's expected stats points towards some bad luck. Wilson, not really the case. So I think what we got from Wilson is what we'll see in 2022 or a worse version as he starts to enter the age 30. While Sean Murphy, I think will only start to rise up. That's why 
I would just take the better defender, the younger player, who I think has as much offensive upside, but just hasn't delivered that yet. That's why I'm Sean Murphy over Wilson Contreras. But then again, Wilson Contreras is also, like I also do think he's really good. If Sean Murphy and Wilson Contreras were in identical spots, identical situations, they were both trade targets, I'd rather trade for Sean Murphy right now. Absolutely. And, like, there's no question in my mind. A, you've got a couple more years of service time, but B, I think over the next three years, Sean Murphy is better than Wilson Contreras. But doing this preseason ranking for 2022... I just, I gotta go with Wilson because I know what I'm getting versus Murphy. Like, yeah, we obviously hope that he takes the step up and the step up is likely, but Contreras, we know what we're getting. My thing is, I also think that Sean Murphy will be traded. I think there's a possibility. It's the Yankees. There's a possibility that it's somewhere else. But regardless, if it's somewhere else, more than likely, it's going to be a better place to hit in. And I think Sean Murphy's counting numbers his standard numbers aren't that great because he has to play in this ballpark called the Coliseum is that all because of it no he has to be better offensively than he was last year there's no doubt about it 99 WRC plus a 216 batting average a 306 on base that's not gonna cut it but for example he walked 17 percent of the time in 2020 he walked 10 percent of the time in 2019 he only walked 8.9 percent last year I think those are going to improve, like expecting batting average of 240 versus hitting 216. Like his ex-Wobo was better than his Wobo. Like he just makes a lot of good quality contact, 42% hard hit rate, which is ranks him in the 62nd percentile. I just think he's an overall better player in 2022 moving forward than Wilson Contreras will have in 2022. And I think we should bet a case of Celsius on who has a higher war at the end of the season. Are you in? I'm cool with that. I've never had Celsius, so that'll be good. I just bet um, Colby that on um, not gambling advice. We have, I bet him Wander Franco steals over 20 bases this year. What do you think? Jeez, and he said under? I know. He said uh, under, yeah, I said I, over. I would side with Colby, I think. I there. would too, but that's why I'm going heavy. You know, I'm not gambling advice. <laughs> we have some takes. We have some takes. And he's, I hear he's one of the fastest players that I think he could do it. I need to get the last punch in here, even if it's just a soft jab. You say 42.5% hard hit rate for Sean Murphy. Uh, try 48.5% for Wilson Contreras. So, boom. Uh, give me five. Give you five what? Oh, give you the fifth best catcher? Oh, yes, I, thought, yes. I thought you were saying give me five in terms of whatever the hard hit rate is. <laughs> Here's a guy I think we can agree hits better than both of them. The number five catcher in baseball is Mitch Garver of the Texas Rangers. When Mitch Garver is on the field, he absolutely pillages baseball like few catchers in our sport. Since 2019, Mitch Garver has the same WRC plus as Will Smith and is even a tick higher than Salvador Perez at 135. The only problem with Garver is, of course, availability, as he's only played 184 games since 2019. But in those 184 games, he has 46 home runs. That's only second in home run rate and slugging to Salvador Perez. He's an above average catcher behind the plate with a slightly below average arm, but he's a good blocker and rates very well as a framer. You can knock him for those health concerns, but he's an elite bat and an above average defender when he plays and look across the landscape of catchers. I still want Mitch Garver behind the plate more than anybody else on our list. Yeah, shout out uh, La Cueva High School in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mitch Garver getting a little bit closer to home. He's from Albuquerque. He was spending time in Minneapolis. Like, that's really hard for somebody. I'm kind of concerned about, you know, Puerto Rican-born Carlos Correa, who just spent his entire career in Houston going up to Minneapolis. But, you know, you've had Jorge Polanco adjust well. You've had Arise adjust well. You've had Barrios adjust well. Uh, and you've had, you know, Miguel Sano, if you want to call it adjusting well, go ahead. But he's still striking out 60% of the time. Uh, Garver, I really love the change of scenery for him. I do. He's 31 years old. You felt like he was running out of time in Minneapolis. Um, I guess I should just call it Minnesota, right? You felt like he was running out of time in Minnesota, but this almost gives him like this, this breath of fresh air, right? You're just injecting new oxygen into him. If the injury concerns go away, I love the bat, and I love the stability you get behind the plate for 
I mean, John Gray, Dane Dunning, Spencer Howard? Question mark. <laughs> it's it's tough after that. AJ Alexi. <laughs> This is not the let's talk about the Rangers <laughs> rotation podcast. This no, is this is Lod Mitch Garver. <laughs> this is let's talk about Mitch Garver's 875 OPS, the fact that he even walked 13% last year. His expected slugging was even better than what he slugged. Like, this guy straight up rakes in 68 games. I know it's only 68 games, but he had 13 home runs. I mean, he when he's on the field, he is arguably even more talented than the guy like Salvador Perez because he's a much better defender than Perez is and he's not that far behind in terms of the prolific home run rates and the slugging it's just if he were to play 160 games like Salvi was could he put up the type of home runs in 184 games he has 46 home runs so it's not that far off from a Salvador Perez and he's a much better defender than Salvi is he takes more walks than Salvi does Hits the ball plenty hard enough. He's not better than Salvador Perez because of that, but the bat is just as good, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually not ready to say he's a much better defender than Sal Perez. He's a much better receiver than Sal Perez. Sal Perez cannot receive Mm. pitches. He can't frame pitches. But Mm. I'm going to tell you why Salvi is still just a teensy bit valuable behind the plate now. Because Salvador Perez is our fourth best catcher in baseball. Salvi is nowhere close to what he once was defensively. If he was, what he did offensively coupled with the Salvi behind the plate of past years, he would be far and away the best catcher in baseball. There would be zero argument. It's Salvi, let's shut the laptop and go home. But he's not buying a young staff strikes on the borders, and that's massive. He's the worst framer in baseball by every metric, and That's not close. He is far and away the worst. But what he is still doing is throwing out 44% of would-be base dealers, which led the league this past year. So while he's not buying strikes, if runners get on base, chances are they're not running on Salvi. And then he also hit 48 homers and drove in 121. Uh, He played in 161 games last year with 124 of them coming behind the plate. He doesn't walk. I don't care. He hammers the ball. Career high in average exit velo. Career high in line drive rate. Career high fly ball rate. He's only 32 years old. If you were like me, I would have thought Salvador Perez was 41 years old. But if the transforming Salvi turns into the opportunity for 45 homers each of the next four years, I think you can live with putrid framing until MJ Melendez comes up. He's still a top five catcher right now. He's our fourth best. And he'll be a top five DH when he makes that switch. And I don't want to get into the into the framing metrics again because you're right. It's it's just a fact that you look at FRA, you look at CDA, you look at Baseball Savant's framing metrics. He's the worst. It's not even all that close. But I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that for a second because we know that. I want to talk about the fact that he's not walking that much. And the reason he's not walking that much is because that's not his fucking job in that lineup. Yeah. What, what is it good when Salvador Perez is the only power hitter in the lineup with any slugging at all? Like, even a guy like Whit Merrifield isn't hitting anything either. He has to be the guy to swing at maybe some pitches that he's not getting. Like, he has to drive in runs so the Kansas City Royals can even put up numbers on the board. He has to swing more. He has to go after that pitch because he has to drive in runs for this team to win. A Salvador Perez walk leading to a fifth hitter of Hunter Dozier doesn't do anything for the Kansas City Royals people. Salvador Perez, if he was the fifth hitter in the White Sox lineup, or if he was in the Yankees or the Astros, he'd take his walks because he has Kyle Tucker behind him. Yeah, he'll take his walks, he'll get on base, but also, if he gets on base, that's another thing we're going to talk about Yasmani Grandal. These catchers, if they walk so much, they're horrible base runners. They're not scored runs, they're not even scoring from second base. So, A walk is not as valuable to a catcher as it might be to another position player with a little bit more speed because you get on the base pass to run around the base pass to score runs for your team to win, and we're bringing it full circle, and that's Salvador Perez at four. I love how animated you just got. Salvador Perez is six for seven in his career in stolen base attempts, so... uh... He's Incorrect. A speed demon. Great. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, I mean, yeah, he's one of the best on field leaders in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. Because his job is to be the anchor. 
I'm thinking of other guys like Joey Votto for a minute had to be an anchor. And yes, he still walked. He had plate discipline, but he also didn't strike out. Like he knew if he had to produce runs, he was going to go produce runs. And Salvi produced 121 runs for one of the most underwhelming offenses in Major League Baseball last year. That's commendable. Facts. Top five cannot be any lower than four, in my opinion. I think if he's lower than four on your list, like these next four are the four best catchers in baseball. This is the tier, right? Where Salvi, you know, I don't want to ruin it, but I will. I'll ruin it with number three. The third best catcher in baseball is JT Realmuto of the Philadelphia Phillies. JT Realmuto is still nice. among the elite catchers in baseball, especially on the defensive side. I still think he's the best overall defender at the position. He ranked number one in pop time, number one in FRAA and CDA, fourth in war, and tenth in savant framing metrics. What drops him down to three is the downturn of offense. He's still an above average bat, but he's striking out the highest rate since 2020, and the power took a dip last year to go along with a 782 OPS. He's still a crazy good athlete. He stole 13 bases last year, which led the position and registered the same sprint speed as center fielders Trent Grisham and even Shohei Otani. Still, there are a few catchers right now that you might want over JT Rumuto, but he's still one of the most defendable. Defendable. He's still one defendable. of the most dependable and defendable in the entire sport. Saying his name, JT Rumuto, made the rest of my words go kerfluey, but we got it all down. Yeah, Rio Muto in order to be number one, needs to be the gold standard on both because that's what we expect from him. And the reality is we just saw his new floor last year, and he's still three. That tells you how skilled Real Muto is. He can fucking run. He's a great athlete. He's the best defensive catcher in baseball. He can run. And oh, by the way, if you look at batted balls at 95-plus, only Salvador Perez had more at the catcher position last year. So he puts good contact on a lot of baseballs. Problem is, he just wasn't getting the production that he needed to be the top catcher in the game last year. Can that change within the first two months of the season this year? Uh Uh-huh. Will it? Absolutely. I don't know. But even since 2019, like we're not just taking 2021's offense production and being like, okay, now he's not the best hitter at the position. But even since 2019, he's ranked ninth in WRC plus as position at a very weak position. That's the thing. And the 2020 was his best year out of 2019 versus 2021. So in his last two full seasons, he's around a 107 to 110 WRC plus guy. Which isn't what he should be. But it's not the best catcher in the sport because the two guys above him are also probably top 10 defenders who objectively have better bats than JT Ramuto. But... I think maybe JT Rumuto, when you talk about athleticism, when you talk about defense and offense and speed and the entire tool bag of, of skill sets, he might be the best all-around catcher still. Yes. But I prefer those two guys above him to be my backstops for 2022. Yeah, and, and one of them is Yasmani Grandal. Yaz is 33 years old, but what he currently contributes to the Chicago White Sox at the thinnest position in baseball makes him the second best catcher in the league. The joke pre-All-Star break was that Yaz was hitting 188 with a 200-point jump in OBP. He was hitting 188 with a 388 OBP. But he went ballistic after the All-Star break. Injured for a bit, but in 30 games during the second half of the year, he hit 337, had a 481 OBP, and had an OPS at 1150. That's dumb. He's not a prototypical framer, per se. He's middle of the pack there, but he's one of the most reliable defensive catchers in the game. And I've heard from many pitchers, they rave about how Yaz commands a staff. And I know anecdotally, Lucas Giolito was worried about transitioning from having James McCann as his personal catcher to Yasmani Grandal, who they wanted to be the full-time guy, knowing they wouldn't re-sign McCann. It's worked really well. Grandal instills confidence in all of the pitchers that throw to him. There's a reason Rodon was really good. There's a reason Lance Lynn was really good. There's a reason he got the most out of Dylan Cease last year. There's a reason that Giolito, though down a little bit, still had a successful 2021. 
And there's a reason that the bullpen, Kopech, Bummer, Hendricks, keep going. Crochet was fine too. They were all good because they didn't have to worry about miscommunicating with Yasmani Grandal. He is a reliable defensive catcher, and the dude gets on base all the time. Hard to poke holes in Yasmani Grandal's game. The only thing that I guess you would poke a hole in is possibly health. I mean, at, as you said, he's 33 years old. He only played 93 games last year, but he's been pretty healthy throughout his entire career. I would say that if you took 2019 to 2021, you took def- every defensive metric you could find, you take every offensive metric you could find, Yasmani Grandal probably rates out as the number one overall catcher for everything that he can do, from take his walks to be such a, such a disciplined hitter. He still hits the living crap out of the ball. And like you said, he's a well above average defender. Overall, he led, the, he led catchers in average exit velocity. 93.1 compared to 93 for Salvi. And Salvi hit 48 homers. Exactly. When he hits the ball, it's quality. He hits the ball in the air, hits a lot of line drives, keeps the ball off the ground. There's not a lot to hate about Yasmani Grandal. He is, I think, definitely the second best catcher in the entire sport. But I think the only thing that keeps him from number one is because what we're, again, projecting from the number one guy. You know, there's little things here and there that you could poke holes in, but, I mean, can you poke many holes in Yasmani Grandal's game? Uh, I mean, he runs like he has winter boots on. He is slow, slow. Slow, slow. Like next slow. level slow. Maybe slowest guy in baseball. Like a melting ice cream cone slow. And not even yes. on a hot day, like 68 degrees, and it's melting throughout the day. That's how right, slow it's like, how the, like how the fuck did that happen, dude? It's 68. Just eat it. <laughs> yeah, just eat it. But he's not <laughs> eating it. The number one guy is phenomenal, to say the least. The number one catcher in baseball is Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's the best catcher in the entire world, and he's now entering his prime at age 27 before opening day, and he's the most complete backstop in the sport. He finished second in war among catchers last year behind Buster Posey. He's made vast improvements both in framing and limiting the pass ball. He ranked 15th in Savant framing metrics, top 10 on average between FRA and CDA. But what brings you to the show is the bat. He owns the best bat out of all catchers, maybe outside of Salvador Perez. He has a 135 WRC plus since 2019, which places him 11th among all hitters since 2019 and is tied with his teammates, Mookie Betts and Trey Turner. There isn't anyone I want more in baseball behind home plate than Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean... His MLB career, he's got an 892 OPS. He flat out rakes. And what's been so encouraging is the improvements on defense. You could make the argument he's a top 10 defender now at the position. And he wasn't in 2020, and he certainly wasn't when he came up in 2019. He just gets better, and he's smart, and he's kind of fast. That's probably the worst part about his game. He's not really that fast, but he can. No, what do you mean? He's in the the 68th percentile in sprint speed. Yeah, like he's fast-ish. That's what. Like he's fast-ish. I mean, he's not burning, but he's like he's so well-rounded too. Like I think he's probably the second most well-rounded catcher to JT Ramuto. But he has a much better bat. And the bat is what takes you to number one. And he's 27. So he could be even better last year. Everything about him screams best catcher in baseball. His career slash line is 262, 365, 527. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And he said, oh, fuck. I've got to get better at one thing. And that's just catching. And he decided to get really good at catching. I mean, this... like. He frames pitches. He deals with an electrifying staff. He's really good at dealing with them. And he, I, he's just the best catcher in baseball. Like, there's no other way for me to articulate it. Yeah. There, I, don't need to, I don't need to, like, flower it up. He's just the best. And he's 26 years old. He's going to be the best for a minute until Adley Rutschman really fulfills his prophecy of being the GOAT. But I don't know if he will. He's a catcher at 1-1. Okay, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Adley's got a higher ceiling. 
But if Adley turns into Will Smith, I, the Orioles are thanking their lucky stars. If Adley turns into Will Smith, that's the 98th percentile of Adley Rutschman. Think about it. To have a bat like Will Smith combined with top 10 defense and the speed at 68th percentile and the postseason success as well. He thumps in the postseason. He's got countless memories as ever since he's been up, he's been in the postseason now with the Dodgers every single year. So we get to see him in the limelight and he always succeeds. He's a thumper. If Adley turns into Will Smith, like you said, you're thanking your lucky stars. And I think there's a very strong possibility. I would say it's more likely that Adley does not turn into Will Smith. I think it's more likely considering Adley is like two years younger. Hold on, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try post. I'm gonna try poking a hole in Will Smith right now. I'm looking yeah, for try. anything. Yeah, me I too. I tried. Uh, lefty bat against left-handed pitchers. He's got a 7.32 OPS, which is still solid enough. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, October regular season games, he is one for six with a double. <laughs> I, October regular season, postseason he's good, but October regular season that's tough. Um, any spot in the batting order that he's not that good at? Yeah, 25 ABs in the seven hole has a 556 OPS. So not great there. Um, 571 OPS with the bases loaded. Gross. Uh, and then 660 OPS during the day. So, yeah, he's a night game guy that can't hit with the bases loaded and... If it's a bases loaded situation against lefties during the day, he might be not the best option. So there we go. That's the hole. I'm trying to poke a hole in Yasmani Grandal. When he hit second in the lineup, he fucking sucked. So don't hit he him went, second. Yeah, he went one for 11 with six strikeouts. But of course, he I, walked four times. Like, that's like I, this. Grandal highly, just finds a way to walk no matter what. Like, I, I just highly recommend not putting Will Smith in this super niche situation, and I highly recommend not putting Yasmani Grandal in the two-hole. Yasmani Grandal, with the bases loaded last year, was 0 for 5 with four RBIs. <laughs> what? <laughs> just sack flies and walks, baby. Gross. He just, He's a run producer. How is that even possible? Uh, that's our top that. ten. Again, That's our top insane. 10, Will Smith 1, Yasmani Grandel 2, JT Realmuto 3, Salvador Perez 4, Mitch Garver 5, Wilson Contreras 6, Sean Murphy 7, Mike Zanino 8, Omar Narvaez 9, Carson Kelly 10. And while we were talking, the Rockies signed Ryan McMahon to a six-year extension. It's a good extension for him. I think so. They're going for it. They're going for it. Well, you should extend him. I mean, you're a baseball team with players on your roster that you need to pay. I get that one because he's and one of them's good. Yeah, one yeah. of them's good. So extend him. Uh, yeah, I. So the, we got a good Instagram comment that was like, Jack needs to get his Connor Joe jersey right now. So I mentioned it on the pod. I think I'm going to go get a Connor Joe jersey. The title of this podcast will be Billy Hamilton to the Mariners. Ryan McMahon signs an extension with the Rockies, and we also did top ten catchers. Yes, perfect. Uh, maybe you don't have to put it in the headline. You could probably just put top 10 catchers in the, uh, in the sub-headline, like the episode description. I might not even do that. It just people come across, oh, wait, they're ranking the top 10 catchers right it's like, now. It's a like Billy an Hamilton Easter egg. Hour. <laughs> Imagine seeing a title Billy Hamilton as a mayor, and you see an hour, 18 minutes, and you're just like, what? What could they be talking about? Nah, man. I Listen, that would be the Easter egg of all Easter eggs, but we have a lot of calls about search engine optimization, and that is the death sentence. So we'll try and put top 10 catchers in the, uh, in the headline. And with that, thank you, everybody.